Support for this podcast comes from Troy University, dedicated to teaching a new generation to lead change. Information on leadership opportunities available to students from day one is at troy.edu slash lead change. From Troy Public Radio, I'm Tim Phillips, and this is Clarinet Corner. Today I have a guest on the show from New York City. His name is Jerome Bunky, and he's a very fine clarinetist and a record producer and He also was friends with Stanley Drucker, who was the principal clarinetist of the New York Philharmonic for like 60 years. And we're going to talk a little bit about Stanley Drucker today. Jerry, thank you for being here. Tim, it's a pleasure and thank you. Tell me about your relationship with Mr. Drucker. I I think that you both had the same clarinet teacher, right? Uh, The answer is yes. That was Leon Rushenoff. And I was fortunate to meet Stanley and uh, Naomi, his wife, when I was a teenager in Albany, New York. Mm -hmm. And he was there to play a concert with a a family friend who was a pianist and was introduced to Stanley. And ever since then, uh, uh, I was fortunate to to, uh, have him be my teacher, my mentor, and uh, and very, very dear friend. Now, I want to tell (laughs) for my listeners who uh, maybe don't know much about Stanley Drucker, I will say that there is no more celebrated orchestral musician in the history of the United States, probably, than Stanley Drucker. He played with every great conductor, and he was... He was the New York Philharmonic for so many years, and uh, for generations of clarinetists, uh, we looked at him as like the the gold standard of of great clarinet playing, and he was a consistent in my life from the time I even knew what the clarinet was, because I would watch those New York Philharmonic broadcasts on New Year's Eve, and sometimes their first concert of the year in September on PBS. Even though I was growing up in the Midwest, it was still something I look forward to, and I did. You know, when I see somebody like that, I see like a, a living legend who I feel perhaps as a as a outsider a little disconnected from, but I still admire everything he does. But in your case, you knew him uh, personally, and you have like a greater connection to him, and you're in a position to give us some insight. I will also say that you know some of the coolest things ever were when Stanley joined me here on clarinet corner just to be able to talk to him he was he was here for my 100th episode and i've just finished my 500th episode so it was just awesome to have him on and i think i had him on uh maybe three times after that and he was he was an easy person to talk to and he had amazing stories about his actual life and it it to me it sounded like he was making up the stories like if i was going to make up a story to be impressive those were stanley's <laughs> actual stories of his life but uh, tell me some stuff that Stanley told you or talked to you about that will give our listeners maybe a little bit of special insight into the world of Stanley Drucker. Stanley was, uh, was very proud of his participation in local community events. Mm-hmm. Here he would be first chair of the Philharmonic, four rehearsals a week, four concerts a week, and yet... He would be doing concerts at libraries, at schools, uh, at chamber music. I mean, and and just being really down to earth in that way and very supportive of new music. And the other thing is that his children also are are musical. And uh, 
their their son Lee was the bassist in a you know local group called the Stray Cats, mm-hmm. which was actually you know their garage band. Yeah, and the rule that the you know that Naomi and Stanley made with all the neighbors is that they had to let them know when their sound was too loud or or at inappropriate times before they called the police. <laughs> that's actually <laughs> that's actually really good uh, because uh, that that'll keep the peace between. Uh, you and the neighbors and allow the music to keep going. And speaking right. of the music, <laughs> let's get into uh, some listening. We're going to listen to the Rondo from the Quartet by Bernard Crusell. This is clarinetist Stanley Drucker. Thank you. 
was the Rondo from the Quartet by Bernard Crusell, performed by clarinetist Stanley Drucker. And we're here today talking to Jerry Bunky, who is the publisher of the Heritage Collection, which is a, a large volume of recordings from Stanley Drucker's life. You have a new volume coming out soon, right, Jerry? That is correct. The span of these recordings, you cover uh, the Bartok Contrast from 1954 to uh, Prokofiev Overture on Hebrew Themes from 1990. Stanley was 25 to, to about 91. Uh, so it, it's quite a amazing uh, long longevity career, you know, that, yeah. that has the many of these. I was uh, started out really with my uh, goal of being able to digitize a lot of analog tape recordings before the they melted with the acetate or, or faded. And, and there were just so many amazing performances. And what also, uh, Tim, w- w- was, uh, I think, part of this was just the, the these were not you know, edited. They they weren't you know, you know necessarily. They weren't repeats. Everything were first takes. Yes, live performances uh, in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yes, and we do hear coughing and the which is mandatory, by the way, for slow movements. <laughs> yeah, and, and babies that. crying if possible. Yeah, yes, and some of those those have those as well. But I I think that the overall. Uh, effect of of having the excitement of a live concert and to recognize um, just the everyday um, excellence that he exhibited uh, it was absolutely worth preserving and the the purpose of the heritage collection as in the name is to, is to really uh, you know preserve Stanley's legacy and the uh, next volume in this edition is called coda uh, and which was formulated actually just before uh, Stanley passed uh, last December. Mm-hmm. And uh, on February 4th, it uh, would have been his 95th birthday. So mm-hmm. um, uh, I think uh, we're very pleased that you are honoring him and, and helping to uh, keep uh, the, the legend alive with, with the show. Well, I love it. I think it's, uh, it's a great thing. I'm, I, I'm always uh, proud to play Stanley's recordings. And... These next works that we're going to listen to, the next one we're going to listen to is the three pieces for clarinet solo by Igor Stravinsky, which I heard he wrote for as a gift for someone who organized a performance of his uh, soldier's tale for the clarinetist. These three pieces, they're very short. The first one's uh, kind of low and slow in comparison to the other two. The second movement's fiendishly difficult. The third movement is kind of has like a ragtime influence and it's um it, it's a great piece and and uh, frankly it doesn't get played on clarinet corner enough. So I hope you enjoy Stanley Drucker's performance of three pieces for clarinet solo by Igor Stravinsky.
That was Three Pieces by Igor Stravinsky, performed by Stanley Drucker, and we're here with Jerry Bunke talking about the Heritage Collection, which are all recordings of Stanley Drucker over the years. And the next work that we're going to listen to is the Overture on Hebrew Themes, Opus 34 by Sergei Prokofiev. So tell me about Stanley's connection to this work. Okay, Tim, the connection to this work is through a clarinetist, Simeon Bellison, who was a member of the New York Philharmonic from 1920 until 1948. Mm -hmm. Bellison came to New York City as part of a chamber ensemble called the Zimmer, Z-I-M-O-R, ensemble, which consisted of clarinet, piano, and string quartet. Mm -hmm. While they were in New York City, Prokofiev was also in New York City and heard the group play. And Prokofiev got together with Bellison, and Bellison gave him a couple of melodies that he had in his sketchbook of, uh, of, of themes that he brought over from, from Russia and, and from Eastern Europe. And Prokofiev wrote the piece for the group. And actually, Bellison uh, um, played, the, of course, the premiere, and Prokofiev played the piano part at the premiere in, in 1920. Mm-hmm. Now, the connection to Bellison and Stanley is that Bellison taught Leon Rushenoff. Okay. Leon Rushenoff was Stanley's teacher, and Stanley studied with Leon maybe from when he was 10 years old to about 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. By the time Stanley was 16, he was, he was in Curtis and was then playing in you know, the Buffalo Philharmonic and, and uh, Indianapolis and was already on his... Uh, orchestral career. So that was pretty much the connection of uh, Bellison to Leon Rushenoff, Bellison being in the Philharmonic, Stanley being a teacher of Russian, uh, being a student of Rushenoff's, and then mm-hmm. Stanley playing in the Philharmonic. Okay, excellent. And then uh, Stanley got Bellison's job uh, later <laughs> on, which is also right. a, real, a really cool connection. So this is the Overture on Hebrew Themes, Opus 34 by Sergei Prokofiev. Thank you. 
that was a roughly 90-year-old Stanley Drucker playing the overture on Hebrew Themes, Opus 34, by Sergei Prokofiev. And I'm here talking to Jerry Bunky about the Heritage Collection featuring the clarinet playing of Stanley Drucker. And the cool thing about the Heritage Collection is that it features Drucker's performances clear back from when he was as young as 25 years old, all the way up until after his 90, after his 90th birthday. And uh, that's a career that's just uh, probably without match in the clarinet world, don't you think? Absolutely. And of course, the times today are a lot lot different than they were uh, when when Stanley was uh, growing up and entering the orchestral Oh, yeah, because he started started, like playing orchestral music as a professional when he was 16. And which means that you're probably playing some of this stuff for the first time in a professional setting, which is not what happens that much these days because you know th- these uh, orchestral players are often very aware of the the music of beethoven and mendelssohn and all all of these excerpts that they have to learn and then if they're lucky enough after years and years of playing in in orchestras and studying with teachers then they get to play in a professional orchestra but stanley had none of that in i mean he was a great clarinet player taking lessons but i can't imagine that he'd done a lot of orchestral study he ne- he never went to like the aspen music festival. I don't even know if that was a thing back then. And uh, and it was just a different kind of career than what most people have now who are in orchestras, right? Yeah. Stanley would often talk about the fact that when they did sight reading for auditions, they were really sight reading. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there wasn't even prepared repertoire that would be given uh, the way it is today for people who are taking orchestral auditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to me. I think about that a lot. And when I had Stanley on the last time, we talked about his recording of the Nielsen Concerto. And I, I said that, you know, it's a great recording. It's really solid, kind of a thing of mastery. I mean, it's really good. And I said, I heard it was done in one take. And I said, is that true? And he told me it wasn't. He said it, that because he was already in the orchestra, it had to be f- placed on the end of a recording session and he said it was actually done in two takes this recording of the nielsen concerto that is legendary that i've listened to since i was a teenager and uh it's just amazing to me how uh how good he was and yeah. um how open he was to share those kinds of stories um well i i, I could add some to that uh, okay. uh, which is the, the fact that uh he said it was taken done in two takes but one of them uh, was, was because there there was an issue with, with some of the uh, string passages. Okay, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't it wasn't his <laughs> fault because he 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 um, kept protesting that that the executives in the uh, accounting office you know wouldn't wouldn't want to spend money uh, extra money for uh, for a clarinet soloist. Yeah. So uh, you know his cadenzas everything was was one take and and many of his. Um, attitude towards so much of his approach was playing everything as if it was for the first time. He was really not one who, after he played something, would want to go back and do do it three or four times because that moment had passed. Okay, I've heard comedians talk about that with like sketches on Saturday Night Live. Like they want to do they want to do it once, and then if it's successful and funny, they always want to have them do it two and three and four times. But but I've heard certain players on that show say, no, it's not funny after the first time I do it once. And uh, I can see how Stanley would, would like to keep his, uh, his performance fresh and, um, 
I, I respect that. I think that's cool. And he was also talented, so re- extremely talented. So, <laughs> you know, if he was if he wasn't such a great player, he may not have felt that way. But it was it was just so good uh, when he when he played. Uh, let's get into some more listening. We'll listen to the third movement of the Sonata for Two Clarinets by Francis Poulenc, and this is with Stanley Drucker and his wife Naomi Drucker. That was the Sonata for Two Clarinets by Francis Poulenc, the last moment, with Stanley Drucker and his wife, Naomi Drucker, on clarinet. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Clarinet Corner on Troy Public Radio. Welcome back to Clarinet Corner on Troy Public Radio. I'm Tim Phillips, and I'm here talking with Jerry Bunky about the life and legacy of clarinet legend Stanley Drucker, who was in the New York Philharmonic for so many years and passed away about a year ago, and we're coming up on his uh, what would have been his 95th birthday. Jerry, tell me now... I should say to to our listeners, Stanley worked with every famous conductor and practically in his career in the New York Philharmonic. And one that's been getting a lot of talk in the media recently is Leonard Bernstein because of Bradley Cooper's movie, Maestro. And I want you to tell me a little bit about some, some stuff about Stanley and his interactions with Leonard Bernstein. Well, certainly they had met uh, I think uh, when Stanley was at Curtis and Bernstein appointed Stanley to be the principal clarinet of the New York Philharmonic. So uh, there certainly was uh, a very, uh, you know, kinship that way. But definitely they were, uh, I think, kindred spirits of, of being very, very spontaneous. And we have a recording here of 
Stanley playing. Uh, we're going to listen to the first moment of the contrast by Bela Bartok. And this one has a connection to Bartok himself. This is the first moment of the contrast by Bela Bartok was with a 25-year-old Stanley Drucker. Thank you. 
that was the first movement of The Contrast by Bela Bartok with a young 25-year-old Stanley Drucker. And that recording was recorded by Bela Bartok's son, Peter Bartok. And we're talking with uh, Jerry Bunky today about the Heritage Collection featuring the clarinet playing of Stanley Drucker. And we have another work to listen to, Jerry, that has sort of a connection-ish to that Bartok contrast and that cadenza and that first movement. And it's a work called Trampoline Harmonics by Michael Whalen. And it's not a work I'm familiar with. Will you, will you tell me a little bit about that? Well, it's a piece um, that was composed and recorded in 1998, and it's for clarinet and string quartet. It's going off and trying to, I guess, through music, give a feeling of what happens when people are on trampolines and going back and forth and, and increasing uh, in, in mobility. And uh, I think it's a, a real, uh, real tour de force. Excellent. And I'm, I'm glad that you're providing the opportunity for more people in, in to hear it so it doesn't get stuck in a, uh, in, in a corner. Yes, well, Clarinet Corner is on the radio in Alabama and sometimes around the world online. So I hope you enjoy Michael Whalen's Trampoline Harmonics with clarinetist Stanley Drucker.
work called Trampoline Harmonics by Michael Whalen. Next, we're going to do something that is a first in the history of Clarinet Corner. We're going to have a radio contest. So here's the the situation. There's a work that Jerry sent me a recording of uh, maybe a year ago, and he said, Tim, what's this piece? It's for clarinet and viola. And I have no idea. I'd never heard that piece before. And so I asked people on Facebook. I uploaded the clip to uh, to YouTube. I put it on Facebook. I said, does anybody know this? They don't. They didn't. No, nobody responded. And so we thought we'd give our Clarinet Corner listeners an opportunity to uh, tell us what this piece is, if you know what it is. If you know what this piece is, you can send a message to me on the Clarinet Corner Facebook page. I have one set up for this show. And you can just send, send me a message. And it will be greatly appreciated because Jerry and I are stumped. So here's the unknown duet for clarinet and viola featuring clarinetist Stanley Drucker. That was an unknown duet for clarinet and viola featuring clarinet of Stanley Drucker. And if you're listening and you know what that piece is, you can enter the first ever Clarinet Corner radio contest. Just send me a message on Clarinet Corner's Facebook page and tell me what it is. And if you are correct, 
Jerry and I will greatly appreciate it because we have had a very hard time figuring this out. Of course, we could verify your answer if you're right. And then you will get a free CD, uh, upcoming Heritage Collection CD of Stanley Drucker's performances. And your name will be listed in the program notes, the liner notes of the disc. And we've been chatting with Jerry Bunky today because of a new CD that's coming out, part of the Heritage Collection, featuring the clarinet playing of American clarinet legend Stanley Drucker. Jerry, thank you so much for being here today. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Well, Tim, uh, I appreciate that, and it's the same as mutual. And I would also be remiss if I wouldn't uh, be able to uh, take a moment to remind your, your listeners that if they're interested in pursuing more information about the Heritage Collection, they certainly can uh, find information about it on Amazon or through, uh, through Digital Forces' website. And uh, we look forward to, uh, to hearing from everybody. Excellent. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Clarinet Corner, a production of Troy Public Radio and produced by Joey Hudson. I'm Tim Phillips, and there's a lot more where that came from. This is Troy Public Radio. <laughs>